Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best fantasy basketball tools and analysis online. Go check them out today. Our good friend Tyler Watts even writes there, and our other good friend Mark Roberts' rankings are there. It's excellent content over at HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. Join me as always is the esteemed writer on HashtagBasketball.com, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael. How are you today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, it's it's been an enjoyable basketball season. Feels like it's going to be even a more enjoyable one going into uh, the holidays uh, with some of the moves that uh, have already happened and um, the moves that are pending. Um, I feel like there's a lot of teams that are not going to look the same as we move forward. And you know trades are always a good uh, way to exploit uh, when it comes to fantasy basketball. Oh, no doubt about that. And um, there's going to be – I think there could be a lot of action uh, this kind of trade deadline season. So that always makes the the pot stir a little bit faster, right? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about – uh, leading into, you know, Christmas is always the best, one of the best NBA days of the year, followed by really the trade deadline. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of action this year. Uh, but right now, everything's settling in. You're starting to see um, hot streaks come to an end. You're starting to see bad starts uh, pick back up from some of the guys that have been struggling so far. Not all of them. We still have only played about 10 to 12 games per player. And uh, those guys, you know, you can struggle for a, a good month and a half. Um, but don't take that to heart too much. What, in this episode, what we're going to be talking about is all the guys who you should be selling high on, all those hot, hot starts out there that uh, probably are not going to last through Christmas. And we're going to start out, I think, with a with a player that I'm a little surprised you have on this list, Tyler. Uh, this is a guy I like. He was drafted fairly high in most leagues. Drew Holiday. Uh, having oh. a great start to the season. Um, currently, old Drew is, per game, ranked 29th, which is, you know, not out of control. Um, you know, he has had a very good start for sure, but uh, last season he was ranked 21st overall. Um, currently only shooting 70, uh, 47%, excuse me, and uh, getting a ton of assists, though, on a very fun, very high-paced New Orleans Pelicans team. So, Tyler, why, why are you selling high on Drew Holiday right now? So, I think you mentioned that a little bit there. Um, so, Holiday's on the Thibodeau plan a little bit, right? He's playing 36 minutes a game. Um the 19 points are fine. The 9.2 assists, that that's, seems pretty unsustainable considering he's uh, in his last, well, four seasons, we've gotten 6, 7.3, 6, and 6.9, like 9.2 not sticking around, and that's giving him a huge boost. Um, he also shot 49% last year from the field, but that was the first year he had ever even sniffed that high, right? He had been 45 and, and generally right in that 45 range for like three or four years before that. So even 47 is possibly a little bit too high, a little bit unsustainable. So 
And here's the other thing too, like, okay, he's shooting poorly on his three pointers, but his two pointers, he's making 57% on two pointers. He made over 55% last year, but that's probably not going to stick. He's been below 50 every other year. I just think holidays shootings a little bit unsustainable and his assists are definitely unsustainable, making him a nice sell high target because he's got a lot of name value. Okay. That's true. He was, and like I said, he was, he was drafted kind of high. So a lot of players probably be like a lot of, a lot of guys out there who uh, roster drew holiday or want to roster drew holiday. Uh, They're looking for a point guard or like, dude, this guy's getting nine, 10 assists a game. Like, I desperately need some assists. Uh, the steals are pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I do think Drew Holiday, while uh, maybe the assists aren't sust- uh, aren't sustainable, the rebounds per game might be even a little high, uh, just, a, just a tad on a team that uh, has such good big men. You, you are not going to see um, this type of, I would say, production – uh, once uh, Alfred Payton gets back, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think you saw his, Drew Holiday's production really tick up once Payton uh, set out a few games. But on, on top of that, like, the minutes feel feel high as well. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good high. It's not like an absurd high. It's not like an obvious Drew Holiday is way overperforming. But this is probably as good as Drew Holiday is going to perform. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, I mean, we've seen some really crazy assist games. Um, If we look at just his last six games, he's had 10, 8, 14, 9, 9, and 14. That's pretty pretty incredible. Right? And and so, and then if you look even at the two before that, he was 9 and 9. And then he goes back into that usual range he kind of was in, like, He's got a six, he's got a five, he's got an eight, he's got a nine, he's got a ten. Like he's just on a really hot assists run, and I just don't think that's quite sustainable. And you mentioned it too, like he's had three games out of his last five where he shot over sixty percent from the field. Like there's just a lot of things right now that Drew shows you Drew Holiday's playing really hot, but it's probably not sustainable and you're gonna get so if you can sell him now and especially if you can sell him for like a second round player. That seems pretty wise move. Like if I can get a Devin Booker or a Jimmy Butler, a Paul George, right? Give up Drew Holiday, get one of those players. I think I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you there. You got to upgrade, even though you're in those those higher tiers. You know, uh, if you can upgrade, that is it's going to be a little harder to do. But I, I think you can finagle it. You can you can figure it out. You know, Drew Holiday is basically masquerading as a as a second tier player and if you can get another sec- a fully second tier player at a at a Drew Holiday I think that's a pretty good move. The next guy on this list is um basically shooting 35 foot three pointers like he's Steph Curry but instead he's about 7 foot tall. His name's Brook Lopez. He's on the Milwaukee Bucks and he's currently averaging man three three pointers a game. And close to five three pointers a game over the last three games. Uh, this he's a, a, absolutely out of his mind. He might be the first player, just in general, over a, of a, a two week span, to average four three pointers and two blocks in the in the history of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, so Brooks playing some crazy games right now, and 
Here's the weird part. Like, Brooke Lopez is the Bucks' center, yet he can only get 3.2 rebounds a game. Like, that's ugly, right? Um, this, this is a weird, this is a weird, uh, like, this is a weird line. And let me just, let me just throw it out there. Let everybody hear it. If you had a guy hitting three three-pointers a game, getting three rebounds, you know, 1.2 assists, uh, half a steal, but two blocks, you would probably think, like, is that like a like a like a long like a weird athletic forward, like a three and D f- like guard forward like wing kind of guy who just happens to be on a on a block streak, but it's it's Brooke Lopez. Yeah, so I I mean obviously you mentioned it like he's shooting a ton of three pointers, so he's probably going to set a new career high in three pointers made, but shooting forty one percent from three does not at all seem sustainable for a guy who's a thirty four percent career shooter from three. Um, I, I don't know. What What do you think you can sell Brook Lopez for? Because in a lot of my leagues, I think people are like, oh, well, this is a center who doesn't get rebounds. So unless they're a very specific team that's kind of punting rebounds and they're not punting blocks, which is just a weird yeah. Like, I don't know if you punt rebounds and you don't punt blocks and considering like there's not many guys who – block a shot who don't get a lot of rebounds like we talk about all the best block guys in the nba save brooke lopez like they're all big time rebounders you know your hassan Whitesides, your rudy gobert's like all those types yes this is a very strange type of sell so i'm not really sure that you're gonna get a ton of value out of brooke lopez but i think like you could kind of swindle a team that is um needs three-pointers or needs blocks into a guy who's, who can do both. Um, so you might be able to get like a good like 50 to 75 ranked player out of Brook Lopez, who probably is not much better than that. Because like if anything kind of falls off here, which will probably be the threes for Brook Lopez, uh, you're looking at a guy who's probably ranked 70, 80, 90 range. So if you can if you can swindle your way into I mean like a Ricky Rubio like someone who's underperforming that should be in that fifty to seventy five range that's I think that's the play here. The question here too, and one of the big reasons why I'd sell now, obviously in the last two games we've seen him play thirty six and thirty seven minutes, but like he's got plenty of games, even games where they have been close games where he's like in the twenty twenty three minute range, so. That's kind of worrisome in the sense that you don't really know what you're going to get from Brooke from night in and night out. Like it seems like they're kind of just using him a lot based on matchups. Like there's plenty of games where he's gotten 30 minutes. Um, He's played over 30 minutes, four times he's played 20 to 29 minutes, eight times. And he's played under 20 minutes once already this season. Now granted, they blew the Kings out that night, but I think the minutes are kind of inconsistent too. And that's a worry for Brooke Lopez. Yeah, you 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 think perhaps with the run of play that Brooke Lopez's spot on this team might be sustainable, but I I don't have a high confidence level that well, and, that you know he's going to play thirty minutes a night for the rest of the season. And I I think Brooks a lot of matchup play. Like I think when they play some bigger teams, that they're going to play guys like John Henson a little bit more. Um, and they're going to maybe play Brooke a little bit less. And then there's other matchups where Brooke's going to get the big minutes. Yeah. You know, sometimes Brooke just can't 
this is not going to be able to stay on the floor. Uh, it's kind of like the lumbering, you know, when we talk about Enos Cantor, you know, he's sometimes he, he's just not going to be able to stay on the floor. It's just a, a fact that the, some of the matchups are just so poor. It hurts the team to keep someone like Brooke Lopez on the floor for extended amount of minutes. So uh, another good reason to sell high here with Brooke Lopez. Let's go to another big guy. I, I think you might've just mentioned him. Hassan Whiteside, uh, who is some sort of creature monster, man, destroyer destroyer of worlds. Dude. So uh, basketball reference, shout out to another bas- great basketball reference nickname for Hassan Whiteside, Count Blockula. Oh, that's pretty good. He is a monster. I told you he's, he's <laughs> one of the original count blockulas uh, out of his mind over the last week uh, sc- uh, scoring, getting about 16 rebounds in freaking game uh, over the season per game. He's ranked 38th, which um, would not be the most he's ever, you know, per game that he's ever averaged uh, in his, in his history, but also uh, would be higher than last year. You have to assume 15 freaking rebounds a game might not be terribly sustainable, along with three, almost three and a half blocks. Those two stats feel uh, very inflated. Yeah, and we've seen a year where he's done both things. We've obviously never seen a year where he's done both things at the same time. I mean, he led the league in rebounding um, with 14.1 in 2016-2017. Now he played 32 minutes a game that year, and he blocked 3.7 shots a game. Uh, the year before that in only 29.1 minutes. So we've seen him do this stuff in the past, but I think it's important to remember he played 25 minutes a game last year and he only played in 54 games. Um, The guy was drafted in 2010 uh, and he's basically in his career, he has 283 games. So that's, that's not a lot. There were two years he didn't play at all. There was a lot of years where he's never played anywhere close to – he's played over 70 games two times in eight years. I think that's worth mentioning. So there's obviously been some injuries and other issues with Hassan Whiteside. He's playing great right now. I think if you can sell him for a top 30, 40, 50 player, uh, that's probably a wise move because not only is the production a little bit unsustainable, but he's also just a little bit risky of an asset. Yeah, I think the risk factor here is important to to consider. Sure, he's completely on fire right now, and it's probably good to hold on to him for another week or two. But we don't know about playing time. We don't know about health. And those are things that are not – like, do you worry about LeBron's playing time or health? No. You worry about, you know, some of, some of these top players. You really worry about their, their playing time or health? No, you don't. But there's some big – um, flags when it comes to Hassan Whiteside. And, you know, this is a good, I think you really can get some super good value off of him by selling him to a guy who doesn't care about free throws. Because if you don't care about free throws, Hassan Whiteside is like crazily more valuable than a top 30 player. You know, he's like a top 15, top 10 player. So if you can target the guys, if you're not punting free throws, or only pseudo punting free throws, and you actually think, you know what, I can make a run at free throws if I just get Hassan Whiteside off my team. Um, it's probably a good idea to to swing him for for someone in that top, you know, fifteen range, top twenty range. Uh, I, I mean, I'd rather have Rudy Gobert if I'm trying to not punt free throws. 
even though Rudy Gobert's free throws aren't that great, they're not as bad as Hassan Whiteside's. So this is a he's overperforming for sure. Even if it's not like a great overperformance, it's just slightly like wow, this is very very good. It doesn't feel sustainable, and then the risk around uh, Whiteside just make him a, a really good sell high candidate. Yeah, and if you're just looking to get out of this asset and maybe that kind of fits your team and maybe you're just looking to move on, you might be able to trade even for like a guy like Clint Capella. Like, If you're asking me which guy I'd rather have for the rest of the season, it's Capella. Capella's playing 33 minutes. We know what Clint Capella is. He's a very similar player to Hassan Whiteside, and he just seems like a much safer player. Not sure Whiteside might block more shots. Whiteside might get more rebounds. Capella's probably going to score more. But I feel pretty good about Capella playing the whole rest of the season. And Whiteside, obviously, I mentioned he's just got a little bit extra risk. And some people are going to see that and be like, ooh, more rebounds and blocks. Ooh, that's a that's a trade up. And I think it's a trade down if you're giving up Capella. Yeah, I agree. The next guy on this list, another big. I like a, I like this string of bigs here. Uh, Demontis Sabonis on the Indiana Pacers. Good start per game this year. He's only playing 24 minutes, but per game he is currently the 67th best player when it comes to nine category leagues. Uh, Really, out of his mind kind of field goal percentage, though, um, not not the craziest thing in the world, but definitely 68% feels unsustainable. but he's also, you know, scoring and getting rebounds at a, at a very good rate, which is exactly what uh, he has done in the past with Miles Turner out. Now with Miles Turner in, he seems to be doing that even in limited minutes. Uh, doesn't do a whole lot else. Feels like a very um, Enos Cantor type uh, uh, of player, but doesn't have the the free throw percentage that Enos Cantor has. You know, he was. Arvina Sabonis' son? I'm yeah, very aware of that. I was not. Really? I mean that's what I mean, this last name is Sabonis. Yeah, but I mean I didn't just didn't make that connection, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Um, um, anyways. This is the first time I think I've known something that you didn't, Tyler. Um yeah, and not super versed on my DeMontis Sabonis stats. Um uh, shout out to Arvina Sabonis though. He was a great player to watch. Um, so here's the thing I'll say about this, and you mentioned the field goal percentage is crazy. He's shooting 83.9% from zero to three feet. Pretty good. That doesn't seem very sustainable at all, though, right? No, eventually someone's going to have to put a body on him, I assume. And from three to ten feet, which is basically almost all his shots. We're talking that is 87% of his shots. So – from zero to 10 feet, from three to 10 feet, he's shooting 54.3%. The last two years, he's shot 38 and 33% from that from that range. So there's going to be some big regression coming here for his field goal percentage for certain. He, You mentioned it, like the steals and blocks are not really existent. So I think if you can sell this guy for – Anyone in the top 100, I think that's a wise move. Like, he's only playing 24 minutes. I think in 24 minutes, his stat line looks really similar to what it was last year. And I don't believe that was a top 100 player. So, you know, like, Sabonis is fine. But at the same time, like, I think some people are getting like, oh, yeah, he's going to take Miles Turner's job, this, that. Like, I just don't really see that happening, meaning he's stuck in, like, a 24-minute-per-game role. 
Yeah, even though I think people look at Turner and he's underperforming and um, that might just be who he is, though I I feel like Turner will probably get a little bit better as the season goes on, but that role that Turner plays on that team isn't going anywhere. Uh, He's a good rim protector and, and Sabonis is not. And so a lot of people thinking that, you know, Turner is going to end up on the bench by the end of the year. I, I feel are misguided. Uh, they are looking at fantasy uh, stats and they're not looking at actual gameplay. Yeah. And here's the other thing too, like they're both best used as a center. So, I mean, I think that such that they both stay in Indiana the whole season, like they're going to hurt each other's value um, because Sure, there's a there's a time and a place for Sabonis to play and do his thing and grab the rebounds and you know do the Enos Cantor like you mentioned it. That's kind of what he does is just Enos Cantor. Um, and then there's a time where they need Turner in there blocking the shots and protecting the rim. So I think they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit. Yeah, I think so, and uh, that's going to happen for the rest of the season, making both of those guys a little bit less valuable unless there is a, uh, some sort of trade or injury. And uh, this is probably as good as Sabonis is going to play throughout the the, the season. This is best case scenario is like he continues to do this the rest of the season, which I feel is, uh, like you said, unsustainable. So a good time to move on and try to get maybe, you know, if you can get a 50 to 75 ranked player for him, go for it. That's a pretty good haul for Sabonis at this point, Uh, especially if someone's lacking in those those rebounds. That's a good guy to send their way because it'll be more valuable to that team. The last guy on this list is I'm, I'm surprised you put him on this list, Tyler. Uh, this is your boy out of Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox. Hot start uh, mowing down teams. Look like he might be having a little bit of a, a breakout season here. But, Tyler, you're you're coming out and saying this guy is a uh, sell-high candidate per game. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 9-cat, is currently ranked 62nd. He is shooting 50% from the field, which smells unsustainable. Um, still brutally bad at free throw percentage, but the assists are up. The steals look good. And, uh, you know, the, the rebounds are, are solid and he, and he's scoring a lot. So Tyler, why are you selling high on your boy De'Aaron Fox? So the big knock of it about him coming out of college was he's not a good shooter. And now he's shooting 44% on three pointers. Um, yeah, that's probably not going to last. He shot 30% little, little last year. So if he could even shoot 35%, like that would be a huge increase. Um, if you just look at all his shooting percentages, like they're crazy unsustainable. He's making 75% from zero to three feet. He's shooting 50% from three to 10 feet. He was 35% last year from 10 to 16 feet. So basically on mid-range jumpers, he's shooting 56%. And he shot 33% last year. Like, he's just really, really hot right now, and that's not going to sustain. Um, so here's the, th- the thing about Fox, too. Like, he's never been super known as, like, a real good distributor. That He was always more of a score for his point guard. So even the 7.1 assists, probably a little bit unsustainable in 32 minutes a game. He's probably more like 5.5 to 6 assists for the season. So we're looking at a guy, you know, four rebounds. Okay, that maybe sticks, like five and a half, six, even though we say six assists. Points are going to go down, so he's going to be like 15 points, maybe half a block if he's lucky, 
probably closer to one three-pointer when he settles into making the right percentage. Like, none of this stuff sounding great, is it? Mm, no. I mean, I, the, the, I, and I, as a Roto player, I, I always look at his percentages and go, it's going to be really hard for me to roster this dude. Well, and some people are getting really excited about him. Like, oh, he's shooting great. He's getting assists. He, like, you mentioned it, right? Like, he's doing awesome. Um, now's the time to sell. So if you can sell this guy for anyone – even in the top 70, 75, I'd, I'd probably do that. I just don't think the value is quite sustainable. And you don't want to sell like super, super low. Um, but you could, I mean, if you can buy someone in the top 50, definitely do that. I don't think he's a top 50 player. And um, look for somebody who's not playing super hot and try to make a move. Um, if we look at our guys that we mentioned in the buy episode, like if I could trade my De'Aaron Fox and get Eric Blitzo, Otter Porto, Ricky Rubio, Mike Conley. Like I do, I do that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. This does, this shooting seems super unsustainable. I think the, this is might be fine, but the shooting feels uh, really unsustainable. And if that's important to you, that is Here's not a good sign, thing. especially with the threes and the, and the points as well. Here's the only thing I'll say about the assists. Per 36 minutes last year, 5.7. This year, 7.8. Well, no, but you do have to look at the fact that the Kings are a little bit better and they're actually starting De'Aaron Fox and letting him run uh, the team instead of whatever the hell they were trying to do last year. And you know that Uh, firsthand. Yeah, and I mean the minutes were down last year, but those were per 36-minute numbers. I mean he started 60 games. And obviously they have a little bit better shooting and spacing around him, but to to make that big of a leap in per 36-minute numbers, like a full two assists, is definitely a lot. Certainly. Um, it probably isn't super sustainable, but like I, I'm going to wager closer to uh, his current assist production than last year's just if I had to uh, figure out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to like bubble all the way down to like five, but I think he's probably more like six than he is seven. Fair. And I think that is it for our um, sell high candidates out here. Hassan Whiteside, Brooke Lopez, pretty obvious ones. Uh, Sabonis, just we don't feel like there's a good future there. Uh, Same with De'Aaron Fox. And uh, Drew Holiday uh, playing very, very well, but also probably playing at his peak right now. Uh, So if you can get a better player for him, go for it. A very good sell high list here, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, You can check out my weekly buy and sell article on Fantasy Pros. Um, And you can also check out my weekly schedule primer. It should come out on Sunday morning for Hashtag Basketball. Um, that'll set you up for the week six and everything you need to know um, about who to stream in your head-to-head weeks. Yeah, that weekly primer is money. We do talk about that every Sunday and try to get that podcast out Sunday night so you can be prepared for your week. Uh, and you can find all that stuff that Tyler does on at his uh, Twitter account, Tyler P. Watts. That's W-A-T-T-S. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. And if you guys got feedback for the show, stuff you want to hear, we are – we're waiting and ready to, to hear your feedback. If you want to do questions, more mailbags, uh, more dynasty and keeper talk, we're, we're interested in providing whatever content you want as listeners. So hit us up on Twitter, or if you want a direct line to us and want to support the podcast, go check out 
patreon.com slash watching the boxes. There is a special announcement for our Patreon subscribers there. Uh, they will get first dibs on a, a very, a very special event that Tyler will be hosting along with the fact that they get these podcasts early. So you will get the waiver wire and the buy low, sell high podcasts uh, a few days early than the general public. So if you want to be in the know before the, the average uh, watch the box listener who let's, let's say you're in a league where half the league's listening to watching the boxes. If you want to get a, a head start on those guys. And by the way, we appreciate you spreading the word about watching the boxes uh, to the rest of your league, even though it gives you a competitive advantage. If you want to get it even more so go subscribe, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And that's it for tonight. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for joining us. Good night.